Discord, and welcome back to an episode of Crew 3 Podcast. Rose Ruckman with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey, what's up? Ricky is trying to dodge me for the Pioneer Progression series, but he can't stop the undisputed era of Ruckman, even in the real life, because I went to San Antonio this weekend and took down the 2023 birthday draft of thought. Also, happy birthday to Ricky today. Oh, Ricky, my God. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, yeah. I thought I had you. I thought I had you there at the end. Uh, I thought your uh, your Dom, you my remastered Dom remastered draft was yeah. good, but I got first pick, second pick, third pick grape shot in pack one. Uh, all three grape shots, and uh, I thought like from there we were just going to ride it. No one was brave at the touch of Storm except for Ricky. I feel and like so some people everything. reached in and took some of the Storm cards. In fact, somebody next to me took Storm Elemental just because oh. they were a red aggro deck. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I think I had the sickest cube draft. Although, Walker did draft an infinite combo, but my 5-color Legends deck was pretty hype. Your 5-color Legends deck was pretty sweet. Uh, the cube draft deck was really fun. I drafted a Karn board in War of the Spark Limited. I, I drafted Crunch Wranglers and went 3-0. I know you drafted Crunch Wranglers. Uh, and the Crunches, the Crunches was, yeah, the Crunches was with the finals of the War of the Spark draft was a Crunch Wrangler mirror match. Who would have thought? Oh my god, that was a wild format. Yeah. Did you have somebody had Domri too? Uh, Adam had Domri. Adam had Domri, Gideon, and like the another, Wanderer. Another, yeah, another rare Walker. Uh, no, I had Sarkin. Uh, I had Sarkin, Vivian, and Ugin. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That was insane. Yeah. Anyways, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we played a lot of interesting draft formats, and some of them were better than others. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Dominaria Remastered is not as fun as Time Spiral Remastered Draft. It uh, doesn't feel as well curated because there's so many different – like it spans too long. It got old really fast. That was my third draft of it and it was fun. And I'm like – I think I've drafted every deck I want to draft in that format and like it's not really interesting anymore. <laughs> so yeah. good times. I feel like though. it might need more modern cards in it to balance it out than it does have – well, the problem is all the commons and uncommons are so terrible because they're all old cards. And then all the rares and mythics are so crazy because they're like modern Horizons 2 cards, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when your opponent plays like Yawgmoth after playing a bunch of like unplayable random green black dudes from Tempest block, you know? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, or Lyra, like, yeah. your opponent's playing like five mana, two fours in white. And then they play a, like a Lyra, and it's just like, whoa, yeah. what do we do now? So yeah, uh, and then we went to College Station, which we found out was a lawless place. <laughs> College Station, <laughs> that was a rules, wild. Rules are a suggestion. That's what I've learned from you guys' stories. That was a wild Magic tournament. Um, uh, How do I'm you guys not... feel? If I can if I can play interviewer for a second. May yeah. I? Can I be Robert Walters? Yes, of yeah. course. What was it like to play Magic in a setting the closest it ever has been to 1995? <laughs> like, just give me... The angle shooting was wild. Like, yeah, glimpse. Um, so let's just start off with, it, like... Um, I don't want to bring any, you know, 
I'm not bringing any negativity to uh, to anybody or any place, but I'm just saying this is the first PTQ I've played at with this much of an angle shooting problem and the first PTQ that I've ever played at that was this close to Dallas and had DFW players at it. I'm just oh. saying, I'm not trying to say the DFW players are coming out and ruining the fun for everyone, but I'm just saying <laughs> DFW players, you know, uh, they they were they were pre gaming for the loss of the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they came out shameless because they knew they were leaving shameless, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I I mean let look let's we don't have, we're not gonna like really really like let's just talk about some of the weirdness that happened, right? I know Ricky, you already you already briefly talked about what happened in top eight on with the Discord people, so but I think that's the that's the real gem cherry on top situation. So we'll save that for the end. Uh, this first bit, of the story though, was like my weird judge ruling of the of the event, uh, which I mean I hate that I lost, but you know what, Chris takes his backs. He's lost in this situation, and I think you have to be happy about that. The Takesy's backies uh, did not lose for me. Like Takesy's backies reigns supreme in the finals. When you make it to the top eight, that's Chris where it's all. Yeah, so that's that's the frustration that I have to be honest with you is that like um, the takesies backsies is so infuriating because the the enforcement is not even, you know, sweet trophy by the way. It's a good <laughs> trophy. The enforcement is not even. So what what we what we see is in some situations where it's the judge's friend or just a situation they don't feel like it, they can just be like, oh. Uh, yeah, Texas Baxi's here, but uh, not here. But yeah, over here and not over here. I mean, the enforcement in, is is all over the place because again, Wizards killed the Judge program, and now it's it's a shell of its former self. And people are trying. I, I mean, I respect the heck out of anybody trying, but I'm not going to pretend like it is not starting from the ground up again, right? And I think that's the frustration is it, we are we are back to ground zero, and and it means just terrible enforcement and consistency of everything because. Again, you know, you had a situation wherein the takes backsies was very small. It's like, hey, so, nothing yeah, has so changed. Do you, do, you me, do you want me to break down what happened with me? So, this, so, so, I, so I'm playing a game, right? Um, turn one, Thoughtseize. Um, I'm playing Orzhov mid-range against the Phoenix player. Uh, turn one, Thoughtseize. Look at the hand. Um, they have Lightning Axe. They have uh, Fiery Temper, or not Fiery Temper, Fiery Impulse, and a few other spells, right? So I'm just like, well, I'll take the axe, um, pass. Um, they draw, they they pass back to me. They just play land pass. Um, I go, uh, sorry, actually they they opt in response to my thoughtsies, and then I take so two spells in the yard right. I know they have the fiery impulse. Uh, go to my turn. Go to my turn to pass. They play thing in the ice. I push thing in the ice. Go back and forth. My turn three. I play trespasser. I know they have fiery temper in hand or fiery impulse in hand. Um, and so, but I'm just like, you know, we just, we just lizard brain it for a second. And I'm just like, I've got my, my hand on my notepad, my, my life total pad already. And I just go take thing in the ice, actually hold on thinking, looking, looking at notes from Thoughtseize, right. And go, I'll actually take one of the spells. Like I'll, I'm like, I'll take lightning axe instead. Right. Because then he's the spell again, in order to fiery impulse my 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 trespasser, right, and exactly. and he's just like no, and I'm like what? He's like, 
well, yeah, you already said thing of the ice. And I'm like, man, I'm like, we've done nothing. Like I haven't changed life totals yet. Nothing else has happened. We're still resolving this ability. Right. And he's like, well, that's going to change what I do on my turn now because you said thing of the ice. And now you want to change your, your, your choice. And I'm just like, so like, Not your turn. Right. Yeah. right. it's still my turn. I'm still doing yeah. this thing. Right. Yeah. And so he's yeah. like, well, I want to call the judge. And I'm like, go for it. Um, judge comes over. We explain what <laughs> happens. And he's immediately just like, number one, look, guys, if, you, if you're a young judge, if you're like just getting to judging right now, the worst thing, in my opinion, like, just make your ruling and then go track down. And then if they want to appeal, then like have, then go like get the head judge, right? I I am honestly, I'm against the like, well, hold on, I'll be right back. Let me go talk to the – let me go find the head judge, talk to him, tell him the situation, come back, give my ruling. And then get a yeah. Yeah. So for reference, because yeah. I know this, you used to not be able to leave a table without giving a ruling. And so maybe it just feels strange to us and that could be part of it. But it used to be you did have to make some kind of ruling before leaving the table. And then you could say, hey, but you know, I'm not super sure you should appeal. You know, like, I think in these days – it's it's different at bigger events, right? Where you have a judge buddy and you could be like, "Hey, what do you think?" But like, man, don't walk across the room to go find the head judge and like, just just make. But anyway, so he goes and talks to the head judge, and I hear him talk about like, "Well, they haven't done anything. Like, no other game action has been taken, no other information has been gained." And the head judge is like, "Oh yeah, like he can change his target there." And the player's like, "Well, I want to appeal." Right. Okay, so we appeal. Head judge comes over. And I'm like, okay, so here's what happened. Go through the whole thing. You know, I had my hand on my life, pa- my life pad. I said thing in the ice. Said, hold on, change my choice instead because I'm looking at my notes and I remember that he has the fiery impulse. And he's like, oh, you look at your notes? And I'm like, yes, the notes that I got from thought seizing him turn one of this game, so I can verify I know what is in his hand. For this exact game. And he's like, well, now I have to make it so you can't change your target because you had additional, you now, you looked at additional information that you didn't have when you said the thing in the ice in the first place. Makes sense to me. Man, you like, can't I, use I, the notes you took of this game. Those happened two and, turns ago. That's basically I, cheating. Essentially, right. like another person, right? Maybe even right. But like, my thing is, I've watched somebody. I've watched a semi-professional player. Also, there's no way that's right. I've talked to so many other judges. There's no way that's the right call. Okay, fair enough. I was going to say, if, if you know for sure, I don't even know. I, I watched a semi-pro player pass their turn in a limited game and say, yeah. pass the turn. Opponent untapped their lands, like, you know, and then the guy went, wait, stop. Um, actually, instead of passing my turn, I'm going to play this spell. Yeah. And opponent, there's no way, man. Like, I'm untapping my lands. Judge comes over and goes, oh, yeah, he can he can do whatever. In fact, we'll go back five more turns. I don't care. What are rules? I don't know. <clears throat> and he, you know, the opponent appeals. He's like, well, I mean, I'm taking my turn. And again, my frustration here is it's all about how he words it because he had open mana. So opponent could have said, well, what if he's just testing me to see if I have actions exactly. at the end of turn? But he doesn't argue that. And so the head judge comes over and holds it up and says oh yeah he just forgot to cast a spell you know you haven't taken any other actions other than untapping your lands you haven't drawn your card no spells have been cast he wants to cast a spell we're gonna do that and that was that was all okay so you know again i I just don't think that it should be oh how how did i argue my case as to how the rules were implemented and then again this like oh well it depends on 
what the judge feels like at that time. Am I buddy enough with the yeah. judge? Did I give the judge enough Gundams in order for them to rule in my favor? You know? Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, I'm not going to get disqualified for marked cards because I'm going to go buy the cards to the store right here, right now. I think that's fine. I honestly don't think that oh, yeah. no, I don't, that's that was totally uh, fine. I watched I, some wild things occur at that event. I watched somebody uh, play their second land on their turn two, then play two Lana War Elves, and then their opponent Grizzly Salvaged found the Grease Fang with a Parhelion in the yard, and they go, okay, untap, draw, land, Grease Fang, go to combat, put Parhelion into play, and then their opponent goes, hold on, it's not your turn, and calls Judge. He's right. like, he's like, I didn't end my turn. I didn't tell you I ended my turn. And it's like, the guy's just like, literally just like, what could you do? Let's right. go back to your turn, right? Let's go back. You had two lands. You played two elves. <laughs> what? Yeah. what are we what, doing here? Are we done? Here? Yeah. So, like, like I saw wild. Like, I don't know. You just call the judge there and try to, like, oh, my opponent took their turn, and I don't know why, right? Like, it's just – that was wild. My situation, I made well, it let's, the let's talk, Before okay. this one, let's talk about the, like, the match slip guy. <laughs> the match slip guy, somebody at the event – got a win round one because they, the something happened where reporting happening correctly. They were supposed to lose. They were reported as a win. And with the new event link software, you can no longer go back and fix that. Oh, wow. They got a win and they did not deserve it. They are now, huh? I've seen them edit that in round, but once the round's over, they can't change it. Right. Correct. Um, so, they play me round four. We're both 3-0. They joke about how they're not actually supposed to be 3-0, right? I win the match, and they immediately grab the slip, fill it out 2-0 for themselves, and hand it to me to sign. And it's just like, yo, like, judge. Immediately judge, right? Just can't. At, at what point is that, like, okay, right? And then, of course, they're like, it's- Oh, did I fill it out wrong? And it's just like I can't prove anybody is doing anything here. But like, if it's already happened once, that would yeah. be weird, right? It's really tough. And again, I think <clears throat> I think what we're talking about is we're not trying to be mean to anybody. But the problem comes is like if you're new and something like that happens, like I understand you could explain it to me away all day, but that doesn't mean you're it doesn't mean you don't get punished, right? Like I think I think that's the frustration is like oh well I didn't mean to. This is an oopsie. And so everything yeah. is okay. Well, no, like you need to take your disqualification for filling out two match slips wrong, and and try again next time, right? Like you know, well, like, and you're that's... probably going to have for that. Like it's pretty important to get that stuff right. It's and, so and hard even to DQ anyone now. Yeah, the real even problem if is there's no way to like give anybody any kind of penalty anymore for their like. It's like, hey, I'm not saying you're cheating, but you're playing in a way that is so. Un, unruly that hey you got to take your game loss and you'll learn right yeah right so also shout out, shout out to that guy's round one opponent who like had to like essentially nearly argue with the store owner that they wanted a refund of their entry feedback because now they're going to be pared down the whole rest of the event even though they're in the records we wrong the whole time yeah no like definitely if you win round one and it gets reported as a loss you just go like hey man I'm just going to take my entry fee and leave, right? Yeah. Like, this is a sign. 
I'm not I'm not gonna battle yeah. back on this, right? And <laughs> yeah. like when the store owner goes, We can give you store credit equal to half your entry fee because you're not eliminated from the tournament. You can still bounce back. You can still win. And it's just like no no no, I don't want to play in your tournament anymore. Yeah. Uh I would like my money back, please. You've already you've already hindered me in this tournament yeah. process. Yeah, I want to uh, go. I'm gonna go moneyball backyard baseball. Yeah, like I, I've got. I think it's pretty obvious to anybody listening that the right thing to do in that situation, especially if the player's like, "Hey, I'm sorry, like I, I don't want to play anymore," you know, is, no, he is to, to give. Play, they wanted to play. They wanted to play still, but they're just like, "Oh, they wanted to play still." They're still playing. Yeah. Oh, see, I think if you want to keep playing, then I'm fine with the half the money back. I yeah, the way exactly. that it was told. To me, that uh, that they are going to stop playing. I, I think if after that you want to stop playing, then then you get your money back and leave. But yeah, you can't. I don't think you can have your cake and eat it too. Well, so, anyway, but the the big the big lawless nation of College Station play here though came in Ricky's top eight match. Oh my lord! I'm not saying anybody is cheating. I'm absolutely positive my opponent is not cheating. Right. You know they're in the top eight. Uh, they say they don't play Pioneer. They have not been out to a lot of RCQs. Right. They're excited. They slid in at eighth at X two, right? They beat the Breakers, right? Yeah. And this uh, is unfortunately I, another scenario of I think a little lax judging. I win game one. We go to game two. The clown fiesta begins. Yeah. Uh, the head judge is watching my match. My opponent plays their second land and passes. Is he a, watching your match, or is he going like? Is he in the lean back chair like? Half looking at the match. I don't know. Like he's looking at the match. His eyes are pointed at it. I can't yeah. tell you if he's thinking about you know a crossover episode between his two favorite Epic Seven waifu games, right? Right, right. But yeah, uh, yeah. you know, he is for all intents and purposes looking at the match. Yeah. And uh, opponent passes. Lanawar Elf two lands up. Going to my turn two. Game one, I beat down with like three ledger shredders so i joke that my ledger shredder is probably not long for this world right and he laughs and i go well i'm gonna play it anyways and i go ledger shredder and he just goes obliterating bolt and just like flashes the card and puts it in the yard i already assumed my ledger shredder was dying so i move my ledger shredder and i go it exiles he goes yeah it exiles i go okay you're go he then puts the card in his graveyard and i go wait a minute that's a sorcery Unbeknownst to me, he has already drawn a card for his turn. I didn't even see him draw. Yeah. He did not announce it. He goes, oh, sorry. Because Judge intervened. Immediately, without, like, I look at the judge. I go, hey, that card's not supposed to be played. It's a sorcery. And the guy just slides the card up out of the graveyard and then immediately goes, sorry. What I meant to do was rending volley, stomp you. And I'm like, well, hold on. Now you're playing two cards, right? He's like, well, I had three mana. I could still play it. And I was like, right, right, right. I assumed you just put the wrong card in the discard pile. Like, like that's what I'm assuming happened here is you meant to play the Rending Volley. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we can go back to play the Stomp, right? That's what I'm assuming happens here. And I look at the judge and I go, judge, like, what happens here? And the judge is just like, well, I mean, he can't play a sorcery at instant speed, so let's just back it up. And he's like, okay, Judge, I'm going to go ahead back and play Running Volley, and then I'm going to stomp my opponent, you know? Again, 
noting the fact that because uh, this 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 is a bonus this is a surprise a device for later that he had drawn a card after going to his turn He's already already drawn a card he is a card up on making this play now so he should get a I feel like he should get a warning for trying to play the sorcery at instant speed and like pass that off. Um, a, lot, a lot of judges I've talked to about this have agreed with me. Then we go to his turn. He draws. It goes to his hand. He then slams it back on the deck and goes, oh, I've already drawn this turn. And now I go, hold on. You've already drawn this turn. When did you do that? And then the judge just like looks. He goes, hold on, hold on. What turn is it? He counts cards on both sides. And he goes, oh, there's nothing wrong here. You both have the right number of cards. But they also tried like, to say that you mulliganed that game? Yeah, my opponent tried to tell me that I mulliganed. I was like, I did not mulligan. And then, like, the judge is like, actually, I think you're up cards. I think you drew an extra card. I'm like, I did. I played opt. Like, I did, in fact, draw one extra card. There's the opt right there in my yard. Um, then, like, I'm like, hey, but, like, the counts doesn't matter. Like, he took the card, put it in his hand, and then put it back on top of the deck. And the judge is like, well, is this the card on top of the deck? And I'm like, I don't know if it's the card. I can't yeah. tell you that it is. And my opponent's like, that's the card I drew. But, like, it touched his hand. That's why I was like, yo, I can't tell if it is the card or not. Yeah. And they're just so, like, well, I'm just going to shuffle his deck. Yeah. And then he's just not going to draw this turn. So Ricky is denied his force, his force thoughts he's there. But also at this point, so, at, at, now that we've established that he drew a card – that right before he then had the rewind to double spell, we should have fully rewound and Ricky should have gotten the double thoughts he's there. There's like a million wrong things with this judge ruling. And I'm like, judge, like there's no way this is like not worse than a warning. Like after what just happened. And he's just like, no, just one warning. And then in that same game, he then tries to go play layer of the Hydra as land five, tap all five of them real quick and play, the boat. And I'm like, yo, my man, that land came into play tapped. And he's like, oh, 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 right. And I'm like, I call the judge. I'm like, judge. And the judge just goes, oh, yeah, the land just comes into play tapped. And I'm like, dude, he's, do you see him doing this stuff? Like, another warning. Like, it was infuriating, <laughs> to say the least. The judge was just, might as well have not been there. I, like, don't know why he showed up today. Um, I, I did my due diligence. I reported it through the Judge Academy. I'll see if that does anything. Uh, but then, you know, it is on me. Ultimately, it's on me. I played very badly in game three. I tilted, and that's on me. And I'm not trying to be negative towards my opponent. They had agency in that game. The lines, while very, very sloppy and played, you know, a little erratically there, maybe due to nerves, who knows? should not have they they were good lines the opponent was making good decisions they brought a good deck they played it well in game three and in game one and in game two and i ultimately lose in game three game I, two was clown just like texas a&m university just uh game two i just was so frustrated that the judge was just doing so much nothing while my opponent was drawing who knows how many cards like Trying to play on tap land. Well, hold on now, Ricky. You actually drew extra cards. Yeah, telling me I drew extra cards. My opponent's trying to gaslight me into saying I mulliganed. And I'm just like, I didn't mulligan, you know? 
Meanwhile, that other guy, like, standing at the side is like, no, you mulligan. I'm just like, no, he didn't mulligan. No, I didn't mulligan. Like, yeah, somebody else was, like, on the side trying to say I mulliganed. I was like, I'm not – what is happening here? What is going on? But there will be other PTQs. I top-aided before. I can top-aid and win them again. Right. All right. Now, I I do, before we get into spoilers section, want to pick your brain on this 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 interaction I had, right? Sure. So this is a, this we're 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 off the Judge Malding platform. All right, uh, we're good now. So this this is actually an interesting interaction here. So this is game my game two of round one against Grease Fang. Um, we've essentially gone back and forth. Um, they've got like empty yard. Uh, we've been like trading creatures, trading rule spells back and forth. Um, they're down to one card in hand. Uh, my hand is. Soren plus um, Thoughtseize, right? Mm-hmm. And they've got one card in hand. We're both no board, and life totals are still, like, above 10 each. So I'm just, like, one card in hand. They're on three lands. This is one card in hand. Like, we just have to get board pressure going, play Sor- play, play, play Edgar, pass right right he, he the well they go draw for turn the card they drew stitcher supplier mill parhelion grease fang the card left in hand can't stay away reanimate grease fang boom like game over right right in that situation like i want your th- i like want general thoughts here like was like obviously in hindsight right it was the wrong decision because I now lost because of that, right? But in that situation, like, removed from what happens afterwards, do you think that is the right play? If you don't pressure them, you're not going to win the game. Yeah. If your thought sees hits land, right? One card. Like, if you just whiff at the thought sees here, yeah. like then they get an extra draw step anyways. A deck that just relies so much off the top of the deck, right? You need to give them as few draw steps as possible. The Thoughtseize there, even if you played the Thoughtseize, it's still not a win because knocking the can't stay away into the yard is just like, they're still going to play the Citrus Supplier. They're still going to knock the Grease Fang and the Parhelion into the yard. And then just, they're just threatening it next turn without a way to interact, right? Yes, they have them. Huh? Huh? Answer they have in play. They had three or four. Like it was. They, yeah, they, I, don't like, they, I don't think they had enough to flashback. Like I don't because it's what flashback for five. Right. Because my thought process was like this. Right. Like when you see a card in hand, think back to my Hearthstone death deck tracker. What card are they holding for that long? And if they're sitting on three lands, if they're Abzan, I could reasonably be in a Seekus Chariot. There's actually yeah. a lot of fours in the deck, um, but I think you'd have to consider like what what card are they holding. Because um, they play every other card that's not can't stay. Well, like they they resolving um, probably yeah. probably just straight up playing Grease Fang right just to get the pressure going. So yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's tough just to be like, well, how long have they held on to so that by card? That, by that time, we had already actually exiled a few of the vehicles. So I don't I don't I mean, think like, like I think was, huh. I mean, like the thing is, they could be holding push. They yeah. could be holding uh, a thought cease for the turn that they draw their Grease Fang right. Like, and they could be holding Parhelion. Like, the thing is, like, there's so much that it's not. There's so much that it could be that's that's a whiff for them. Yeah. Like, 
the the thing is that you can't thought seize the top of the deck, and that's where that deck thrives, right? So the disruption early is good and needed to keep yourself in the game to where they get to top deck mode, but then you need to close the door on them before they can get out of it. I like throwing pressure because again, like you you can't play scared a hundred percent like that. That's obviously like a one in a million like scary thing. The big thing that I like that again, like when you look back is like how how likely could you be to put them on that card? Because I've had I've had games and we've all had those games where like you're looking at your opponent and you're looking at their actions, they don't quite add up, and you're like, you have a uh, uh, you know a six mana six six trampler in hand that you're just waiting to draw a land for or whatever it might be. Right there are times where you can call your opponent's card. Ricky's done it for me a bunch of times. Ricky's like looked at my game when we've been playing three uh, uh, you know uh, team and looked at my opponent's play and just said okay let's look at what he's played let's look at what's going on so far all right his card in hand is a is a hazard because he hasn't played it yet it's the only card he wouldn't play so like ricky's the granu called cards in front of me a bunch of times to know what's what but again <laughs> i mean he's done it i mean i've watched him do it i've done it a couple times too especially playing i've done it when playing with ricky on arena where i'm like i think that's his last card um all the time in hearthstone with, with a cataclysm creature that they would play where you're like, oh, you're waiting to play this. There's things that like, you know, based on how long they've held on to it, you could say, but it can be hard. Like Ricky says, like if they haven't drawn a discard recently, they could be holding a lot of nonsense, right? Parhelions, um, cards they can't cast, for example, a Seekers Chariot, whatever. So, I mean, I think you made a reasonable play, you know? Yeah. The other thing is like when I play against Greasefang, from playing a lot against Greasefang, thanks to Nate, right? Mm-hmm. The way I play is like, if I have an answer that like interrupts the grease fang play like actively the grease fang coming onto the board right i'll hold it anytime i don't have the answer i can't afford to fake having it or like right. anything that's like this might be an answer i can't like i can't hold spell pierce and hope right sure yeah so like i just have to like commit it's just like if you are not if you don't have a like straight up like, way to answer the Grease Fang or the Perhelion, like, you don't have the Vanishing Verse or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, you just go and just put yeah. as much pressure as you can or else they're going to they're gonna buy enough time. I think you played correctly. Yeah, that, that was also kind of strange where, like, none of the Raptors midrange players showed up. It was a very interesting metagame that we've seen a lot recently. There was one Rakdos midrange in top eight. Um, and like, I think maybe three total Rakdos midrange players in a 45 person tournament. There was like four, five mono green players, several Phoenix players, a lot of mono white players. It was a very interesting meta. Yeah. And then, uh, I was playing Kinnon. There was someone on like Asarak combo, like the Asarak was the Kinnon player. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. There were, there were some wild, wild decks going on there. Yeah. Uh, It was a fun event. I, uh. I think, I think we're going to hang up Orzov at least for a little bit, play something else for a little bit, because, you know, I don't like to sit on one deck too long. Um, yeah, I, huh? Somebody was playing red-green aggro fires. Ooh. Like, they were playing Karuga. They were trying to, like, Terror of the Peaks and then Rootwire Amalgam <gasps> and then Crack It, and that's immediately 20 damage without attacking. Was this the guy that was in top 8 as well? Yeah, I played him in round five. He was yeah. like XO one, and I beat him, and then he won into top eight. His deck yeah, was... he played. He played against the control deck in top eight, right? He was the match uh, next to you. Yeah, yeah, that was his draw. Also, um, he's like playing Skitterbeam Battalions. He had Karn the Great Creator in his deck. Mm-hmm. Um, Karuga. Uh, it was kind of wild. He just couldn't. He couldn't answer Ledger Shredder. 
Those yeah. are I was like, you show me Karuga and you're a red deck. Like I don't see the the binding, right? The white yeah. cards. It's like this ledger shredder is gonna go all the way. You mm-hmm. can't answer it. You know? Shredder's take him. Oh yeah. And it did. Yeah. All right. Well, before we talk about these sweet, sweet new cards for XY Albi One, we actually are gonna go to a new segment of the show. We're going to an apple juice break because we got a sponsor this oh, week. Shoot. We did uh, it. this week we are sponsored by today we are sponsored by playingmtg.com, your new home for all kinds of magic, from RCQ prep to FM Spice. They've got you covered wherever you're on your magic journey, covering standard, explore, modern, and our favorite pioneer. Playing MTG is the place to be to get onto the cutting edge of magic in 2023. Check out their Patreon, link in the description of this episode for deck techs, sideboard guides, and from some of the biggest names in the magic in pioneer and standard formats. They also will get you access to exclusive Discord channels where you can talk to some of the writers and the people on staff to get some extra little hints and tips there to help you get along your way. So thanks to playingmtg.com for supporting this episode. And uh, yeah, be sure to go check them out. Uh, Great read. Great thank job. You. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, apple juice break over. Did you guys uh, – oh, hold on. Let me take a little drink for my apple juice break. Take a sip. Uh, I'm out of chips. I'm out of chips, but I'll, I'll, I'll just hold the trophy. Oh, just hold the trophy, yeah? Yeah. Um, this is my child now. This is, this is Ruckman <laughs> Jr. This is Ruckman Jr. Uh, put it next to all those participation trophies you got for. Well, uh, that's that's what I told Ricky. I'm like, when my kids start getting trophies, this is gonna be the front of the shelf. Uh, right. I will not. <laughs> Tim, I will not be Timmy Turner's dad. This is where I put my trophies. I won it. <laughs> all right. So uh, for spoilers, thanks to uh, I, I think it was Brazil. I know it was some Portuguese magic site. Um, effectively, the rest of the set leaked out. Um, so again, by the time this episode comes out on Friday, all spoilers will be live so we're just going to go won. ahead and <laughs> what was that all spoilers will be one <laughs> yes all spoilers will be one so we're just going to go ahead and kind of go through stuff um now because again a lot of the cards about half the cards or so are still portuguese translations uh we'll wait for the you know some stuff might change here their card names might change here or there and we might kind of just miss over some cards because something immediately doesn't catch our eyes but We'll generally cover most everything that we haven't talked about today, and we'll just kind of get through like the big cards. We'll go through the, the mythics and rares like we talked about. I reached out to our page, our, our Discord, asked the patrons there what cards they wanted to talk about, and uh, we'll kind of just take it from there. So, guys, we're up the top of the page here. Uh, we got a new red mythic, Capricious Hellraiser. Uh, oh, no, we are, did we talk about this guy or no? No, we no, did not talk about this guy. So, Capricious Hellraiser. Three triple red for a four four Phyrexian dragon. This spell costs three less to cast. If you have nine or more spells in your great nine or more cards in your graveyard, uh, he also says flying. And when Capricious Hellraiser enters the battlefield, exile three cards at random from your graveyard. Choose a non-creature, non-land card from among them and copy it. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. Ricky, yes. This card is bad. Oh! You can exile your phoenixes on accident. The the three cards get exiled at random. Random, yeah. And it doesn't matter if you cast or not; those three cards are always exiled. And so, even though it could be casting treasure cruises out of your yard, pieces of the puzzle out of your yard, 
this card exiles your phoenixes, and that's no good. What um, if we play this in Is It Drakes? This might be better um, than Crackling Drake. Yeah. But Ricky is living in the past, okay, where Phoenix uh-huh. starts. This card, this uh, card do not Ricky, tell me about Phoenixes. This card is the future. Okay. You can have your future. This card is <laughs> This card is the future. Where all tournaments are played in College Station. And, oh, well uh, then, yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, I think I think this card is is its own deck. Um one one overarching theme that I want to get across here just early on is like this set has some of the creatures that I've been wanting for like a reanimation deck for a long time. Um, I don't think Angel of Serenity is quite strong enough in Pioneer. I don't think well, Terastid, not Terastid. What about Ashen Rider? Uh, yeah, not Ashen Rider. Uh, what's the uh, Terask? Sire of Insanity. Terask, yeah, Sire of Insanity is okay, right? We all we, we is just a hands. garbage card in general. There are some good reanimation targets in this set, and this is one of them because, like, up till now, they've really been like, "Hey, we want you to cast the card." They've been really, really uh, tiptoeing around with that kind of that kind of language. They've been saying, "Hey, we want you to cast this card to get the effect." Not so much here. Here, when it enters the battlefield, then we then we do our cards. So huh. we do have to exile at random. But hey, look, I mean, uh, I've got delve spells in this format, so I'm going to tell you something. Those cards aren't going to be that random, right? Um, you have to have nine yes. of them, so yes. You don't, you don't have to have nine of them. They It costs three less if you've got nine of them, right? Chris is reanimating this, so it's going to cost like four mana. Either we're either reanimating this, or, I mean, you know, we just pay the six for it. Because then we get, you know, magma opus, or whatever it is. We just have to get down to three cards. We pick the card that we cast of the three. So we just have to get to three cards in the yard and then we get to pick and even if not you just can still get value here right like of yeah. the three cards i take a risk you know hey whatever it's a four four flying dragon right so if i've got a bunch of cards in the yard i got a three mana four four flying dragon and a free spell so i mean um with but with dell spells again like this is the format where you best get to control what's in your graveyard so that's why i think this this could potentially have a home because i'm delving away the cards that i don't want to hit with this probably paying one mana you know for that spell so Again, I'm not telling you that I, there's a creature that we'll talk about that I think is the new best creature in Pioneer. I think that the new best creature in Pioneer is in this set, and you guys oh. talked about it last week. But this card I still think has a place. Oh, uh, so it's not Phyrexian Champion. It is not. It's definitely the the white card I talked about. Oh, the the Mondrak. Yeah, Mondrak Glory Dominus. Yeah. All right. Well, we got some uh, we got some more mythics here. Uh, like I said, we have a Phyrexian Champion. Who wants white obliterator? That's I'm just mad. That's just big dumb uh, reckoner. I'm real mad because this card was like spoiled as like Phyrexian vindicator. Uh huh. Which then led to um, making it Phyrexian indicator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where then the text box was edited down to this is Phyrexian indicator, and then uh, Elish Norn saying this is. Yep. So, uh, you know, the fact that it's Phyrexian Champion basically ruins all of my fanfic. Okay. Uh, but is the card good? The card bad? What do you think? What does it do for the people at home? Uh, so it's it's quad white mana for a 5-5 five, five flyer, and uh, it Boros Reckoner. So if damage be dealt to it, prevent that damage. Well, prevent, sorry, it's not Boros Reckoner because the damage will happen. So you prevent that damage. When damage is spread this way, it deals that much damage for any other target. So 
Uh, hey, if you have waste, if if you stopping giant, um, the ability doesn't happen. That's funny, right? Yeah. Uh, this card is a four mana five five flyer that adds triple or quad white devotion. That it does. Uh, that might be it. That might be all it does. I just. Yeah. I mean, it blocks. Uh, it blocks Parhelion. Sure. Good answer yeah, Parhelion because right. like, hey, I, I take first strike damage, right? I right. don't take first strike damage because I prevent it. I kill an angel or I kill the Grease Fang, whatever right. I want to do. Bada boom, bada bing. Sure. Can I say that? Can I bada boom, bada bing? I think so. It's funny because of like how this card um, interacts with Phyrexian Obliterator. Yes. Where like you can block and prevent the damage and then throw the damage uh, back at the Obliterator if you want to still lose all of your uh, stuff. Lose all your permits. Uh, yeah. Um, or you can throw it somewhere else, and then when regular combat damage happens, you'll also lose all your permanents, which is very yeah. uh, um, I just don't know. Okay, well, let's talk about an interesting design card with Acre Moon Gauntlet. Two and a blue for artifact that gives Planeswalkers you control have zero loyalty for proliferate or minus 12 take extra turn on this one. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, choose a counter on target permanent, put additional counter of that kind on that permanent. This card originally proliferated when you cast a non-creature spell, and that was broken. And that was too good. <laughs> um, I think that this card is broken somehow, and I'm not the one that'll tell you how. Well, it's a card target, right, with our chain veil. Come on. We already got enough card targets. Come on. Though, you know? Come on. <laughs> didn't think about that, did you? No, I did not. How are we going to find the blue to cast it? We can just play Breathing Pool, like yeah, okay, sure, why not? Heck you're it. already playing. You're already playing like Treasure Vault on the board. All belongs to Mono Green. Uh, all, do you want to talk? All we want is that worth talking about? No. Yeah, it's no. for the combo with Mono. I mean, I guess that's not our format, but you know. Um, Chris, do you want to talk about that? Before? Red Uncommon Quest says Frank Karsten. There's a Red Uncommon Quest. You remember all the quests, Ricky? We both played a ton of Zendikar. The red quest says whenever a uh, 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 whenever you deal damage to something, one or more damage, put a counter on this, and then you could remove four counters to double. Quest stuff. for purifier. Yeah, this one says all will be one five man enchantment. Whenever you put one or more counters on a permanent, all will right. be one deals damage, damage target opponent. So each time you deal damage, you yep. get a counter on the pure flame. When that gets a counter, this deals an additional damage. So they're each, because they're dealing one damage each time, each triggering off each other. So right? you do have to have a third way to either put a counter on something or deal any amount of damage, either a gut shot, the spike field hazard, whatever. But theoretically, with these two cards and any way to deal damage or put a counter on, you win the game. I was right. Well, it's Quest for Pure Flame. Do I count uh, it? No. Yeah, of course. And one. Anyways. Uh, Chris, Big Dino, Big Dinosaur. You missed the Big Dinosaur last week. Tyrannosaurus Rex? Yeah. That's what I'm calling it. <clears throat> Never yeah, calling this Phyrexian Carnage Tyrant? Right. <laughs> um, I think this is a fine reanimation spell. You know, um, you can mm-hmm. you can of course cast it. It's a big, it's a big dumb idiot. Uh, Ricky's already shaking his head. I love being able to see him live so I can see his uh, his sad reactions. <laughs> I just can't uh, wait to listen to Chris go, uh, every card in the set is great because it costs twenty million mana and we can reanimate it. <laughs> then it's free. Never play Phoenix. The deck sucks. 
<laughs> yeah, getting getting creatures back from the yard is terrible. Uh, hey, look, we've got trample. Uh, so we've got four colorless triple. Oh, you guys talked about this last week. Before I go in yeah. this, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the, the you know that it costs four colorless and triple green, and it's an eight eight uncounterable trample ward uh, four, and then haste and has toxic four. So I don't need to go over that again. Um, but yeah, I think this is a fun card. Four. Toxic Quattro. It's just so unnecessary. It is. It is unnecessary. It is unnecessary. But hey, it's a quick way to kill because um, you know it tramples. So the point is, if they block, if they block seven of this with maybe a Holebreaker Horror, they still take four. They take, get four points counters. So uh, take Chris, any amount of damage, then you get them Chris, four points counters. He said Holebreaker Horror. Uh, if I could right. mention Holebreaker in every episode, you could just cast Holebreaker Horror. You don't need to reanimate it. It is flash and it's uncounterable. I, when I reanimate that card, it's still really good. into play. It's already good. It costs seven. If I can play it for four, I'd rather. Yeah, after it gets exiled by everything that exists in this format, every card exiles your graveyard. On you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Go. So we talked about Mondrak, the White Dominus. We got the rest of the cycle here. So we have Tekathal Inquiry Dominus. Two blue blue for a three five legendary Phyrexian horror flying. If you'd proliferate, proliferate twice instead for one blue Phyrexian, blue Phyrexian. Remove three counters from among other artifacts, creatures, and planeswalkers you control. Put an indestructible counter on Tekathal Inquiry Dominus. He can eat his own indestructible counter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, among other artifacts, creatures, and planeswalkers. No. <laughs> <laughs> Worthless. Oh gosh! Proliferate twice, Ricky, for a four-four for a four-man. Uh, yeah, yep. If you would proliferate, proliferate twice, but he doesn't proliferate. So, um, Drivnod, Carnage, Dominus, three black, black for an eight-three. Chris, this guy your animator target, right? Like that's a, that's an eight-three. Oh, an eight-three. Uh, How could you not? If a creature dying causes triggered abilities of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Uh, they get their counter for black Frexian, black Frexian, no additional mana. And exile three creature cards from your graveyard. Put an indestructible counter on Drinvod Carnage Dominus. It's clearly Drivnod, all right? Yeah, um, okay. So this card is like uh, commander players just like went, woo! Finally! Yeah, is, finally for my Death Triggers deck! What card What card in this set isn't for the commander players? But you know what? This set is going to be crazy value for half these mythics. It's going to be Brothers War all over again. Yeah, Brothers I think War. you're right. Well, the thing is, though, the reason Brothers War has such high value mythics, right? Yeah. Is because the double faced mythics with Meld can't get printed in extended art, or they didn't get printed in extended art in the collector yeah. packs. So there's not actually oh, more. Yeah. yeah. But uh, now we talk about a, a good one the red one? Yeah. What is what does Sulfim Dominus of Mayhem do, Ricky? Uh, red, red two for a 5 4. Horror Frexiano. Okay. Um, if a source you control would deal non-combat damage to an opponent or a permanent an opponent controls, it deals double damage instead. Ooh. And then for one, Red Frexian, Red Frexian, and discard two cards, you can make it indestructible. But that's like a last resort. Like, they're like, you play this, and then your opponent tries to kill it, and you're like, well, I guess I'll save it. But, like, I think we just want to burn them out, right? Yeah. We play this, and the next turn all of our burn spells are just lethal? Mm-hmm. 
Are we playing this um, with Torb... Wait, not Torbjorn. What's the name of the card? The dwarf? Torbjorn? I don't think it's Torbjorn. It's, it's not Torbjorn. It's, it's Torbjorn. Torbjorn, thank you, thank you. Um, is this instead of, in addition to? What do you think? I don't like Torbjorn. What do you feel about uh, Obosh? Nation against I love Obosh. He's my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's we, my best friend. I really can't tell. We can't play Solfim and Obosh together. They thought ahead. They knew. They knew. All right. We got one more, Dominus. Uh, we have Zapandril. I feel like it's got to be like an antidepression drug, right? Like, right. Talk about Zapandril today. Uh, side effects your life. Yeah, side effects include black oil coming from the veins. Uh, Dominus of Hunger, five green green for a four six. Well, this costs infinite mana, so Chris is already in love. Reanimating uh, it. Uh, four, four six at reach with reach. I'm saying uh, they didn't put like a like a an ability on this one. Like they put abilities <laughs> on the rest of them. At the start of each combat, double the power numbers of each creature you control until end of combat. Oh boy. And then uh, Green Frexing, Green Frexing, sacrifice two creatures, put an instructional counter on Zofendril, Dominus of Hunger. Uh, so this guy attacks as an 8-12? That's indestructible? Yeah. Okay. No trample or anything. It's reach, though. The white one's still the best one by, like, this much. Yeah. And, like, the, the black one's, like, down here. Uh-huh. And then, like, the red one. Yeah. And then the blue one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you look way down here. Yeah. That's what the green one is. I can't see it on that, Ricky. The camera doesn't go that far. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I what know. A <laughs> uh, all right, what else we got? What do we got here? Uh, we have the card that CBG says needs to be banned already with Mind Slice Apparatus. Um, This card... I've thought about it a lot. What does it do, Ricky? It's four mana artifact with flash. Uh-huh. As any of your upkeep, you put an oil counter on Mind Splice Apparatus. Okay. Instant and sorceries you cast cost one less to cast for each oil counter on Mind Splice Apparatus. It's cool. Uh huh. It's not good. Oh. Yeah. Shouldn't ban it immediately? Huh? You're telling me we shouldn't ban it immediately? Uh, we shouldn't ban it at all. We should ban it because it's not playable. The players will ban it themselves. Um, you know, was he talking about standard? I, I mean, I think this could be standard playable. Like for what? Uh, like maybe like you cast, just like let it sit cast? around long enough to cast some big X spell or something. Magnum Opus. No, that's not in standard. All right, Are you well, aware of the standard sets? No, that's all right. What, what's it in was standard? just able to cast. Uh, uh, I can't card tell what design. card's a commander card and what card's not a commander card in regular sets, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, like, let's see oh. here. Uh, I don't care about encroaching, mycosynth. We talked about all of the... Vota Contaminator. Huh? What? Vota Contaminator. Oh, we talked about that last week. Do you, do you, have, do you have opinions on it? Um, it is a, uh, a three-minute 4-4 four, four with Trample, and right. I think that that's... Like, again, if you are somebody who likes the Scales deck, this proliferates for any amount of trample damage. So it's a big creature. I'm not sure that it's replacing your Yorvos because your Yorvos get real big, but I do think that trample is a better ability in a um in a like a white weenie environment. So like there's a lot of uh, if there's a lot of like mono white or just creature decks in general, I think this is better than a Yorvo. 
uh, because again, it can help you add those counters to your other spells. I will tell you that again, having played a decent amount of the uh, 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 um, uh, counters deck, the hardened scales deck, you are in trouble when you start seeing people either drop a Crowan War or <laughs> claim the Firstborn. You uh, you you got to be real scared, and you better be packing tons of snakeskin veils. Um, other hexproof effects, whatever you need. You need as many of those as possible if that's the case. But otherwise, you're able to go significantly bigger than a lot of these small creature decks, and you can sure. have a good time. Um, but I think this is your matchup if you see a lot more creature decks. I think Yorvo is just good as a big creature. It kills faster because it becomes a 7-7 or a 10-10 real quick if you're seeing a lot of like Lotus Field and random nonsense like that. But I do think this is a very reasonable card given the proliferate ability. Toxic 1, probably not going to be relevant to be honest with you, but it's a 3-mana 4-4 Trampler that pro- pro- proliferates on any combat damage at all. So I think that's pretty reasonable in your in your counters deck. All right. Uh, Vindictive Flamestoker, a single red for a 1-2 Phyrexian Wizard. Uh, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put an oil count on Vindictive Flamestoker. And for 6 of red, sacrifice Vindictive Flamestoker. Discard your hand and then draw 4 cards. This ability costs 1 less active for each oil counter on Vindictive Flamestoker. What do you guys think about this one? I will play this in standard. Okay. I will not play this in Pioneer. But I'm tempted. Try it. It's close. I'm tempted. Problem is that this card wants you to play a lot of non-creature spells. Uh Uh-huh. The real problem is, like, man, this thing doesn't attack. Sure, yeah. It's a 1-2. And, like, I can't get... I don't know. Like, if they made it, like, a 1-1, but it got, like, plus 1, plus 0 for every oil counter on it, right? So I could just be like, let's just attack with it. I don't know. Like I, it just feels. Wizard it is a wizard, so it, tur- it turns on the the wizard bolt. You know. Well, if if you want to talk about a card that gets plus one plus zero oh for every oil counter on it, there's a card coming up for you. I, I want. I mean, I I do want to say that there's. I isn't there? Aren't there two wizards right now? Adelie's and another one that like pump your wizards, or is it just Adelie's then and then like Balmore? Uh, Balmore Al- pumps your board. It doesn't matter if it's a wizard or not. So, I mean, again, on its own, you know, whatever. But, like, if they kill this, you're fine with it. If it gets its value, it's insane. So, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I think, I, think I'm, I think I'm down for a Wizards deck, you know? And if this card is cheap, this is another just, way to play Wizards. Like, why not just play Ox? That's the other thing. Is like, this card comes, it goes, like, in the same space in my brain as Ox, right? Is it an Ox Wizard? Uh, no. Ox is just Ox Vagnus. Right. Um... It is a ox hyphen draw cards. Yeah. So I mean, uh, first of all, this lets you draw four cards instead of three. Second of all, it gives us a lightning bolt playable in our deck. It also gives us counter spell playable in our deck. So like, I don't think you're wrong. It's definitely attacks better. We're definitely playing this. I, I mean, I think that this if this card was a Phyrexian ox, I wouldn't even look at it. I'd be like, nah. But for Phyrexian wizard. I, I I mean if it, again I'm if this card is not a I don't think this card is, is throw it away but like you know maybe someday I'm um, just saying I, I I've got a spot in your I'd rather are you playing this or the or the one two that then gets a two two whenever you play get cards in your yard you know right like my thought is maybe this guy potentially like maybe both like maybe if you need more wizards then then you're playing both of them but I mean I think this card is playable in the wizards deck what I have. I have a, a card that we're getting close to, and when we get to it, I'm going to need to take it for a tangent. Okay, we can do that. A certain, a certain cat 
I will give you the yeah. four. That's for sure. Is it is it a caw enduring? Maybe it might be an enduring caw. I'm excited. Uh, I've got a whole. I've been thinking about this card all day at work. That was my first commander deck. I folded. I folded out. I had like all the judge swords. The deck's hot. Uh, anyway, let's move on to other spoilers. Let's talk about another white card though before we get to uh, potentially cats 2019. Uh, if you're a Patreon member, go make sure you go watch that video. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> you need to resonate with more audience. Yeah, uh, Skrelv Defector Might single white for a one-one legendary artifact creature Frexian Might with Toxic One. Skrelv Defector Might can't block, but for white Frexian and tap, choose a color. Another target creature you control gains Toxic One and Hexproof from that color till the end of turn. It can't be blocked by creatures of that color this turn. We, we was talked that, about this was card that to put on there than protection from. Yes, um, like we've talked about this card like literally three weeks in a row, right? Have we? I think we have literally spoken about this card. We talked about this past two weeks. Rounds. I'll talk about it again. I think yeah. that hexproof from color is dumb, uh, but they did it because like they didn't want to remove auras or something or the equipment. Uh-huh. Because the uh the like four Murin equipment is colored. Mm-hmm. So like if you if you gave protection to your creature, the equipment would fall off of it if it was the right color. Sure. So I understand why they did it for the set. It's just super it weird and awkward. Your equipment wouldn't fall off, I don't think, right? I think it just couldn't be it's if auras you, that would fall a, off. You can't be attached by. No, no, it's because, protection is the four things, right? It's targeted, dealt damage by, blocked used to by, play, enchanted by. You used to play Tower of the Magistrate in Legacy to give your opponent's creatures protection from artifacts to make them yeah. drop their equipment. But protection from artifacts is very different than protection from a color. Because like I said, this, this is why they don't want protection on them, but the classic thing is it does four things, and it's it's right. targeted by, dealt targeted damage by, dealt by, damage by, by enchanted by, and blocked by, yeah. But I think the, it also would make your equipment fall off. I don't think so. Don't quote me. Equipment yeah. has not been. Yeah, equipment's not colored. Traditionally, wasn't didn't have colored mana on it. Exactly. I mean, but I, I don't think now it would make your equipment fall off because it's not currently doing any of those things. So I don't think it's an equipment thing. They, they just don't like it. Again, this is why we're having a kind of have a conversation about it. But again, if anybody who's been and Ricky remembers, we've talked about it with Ricky at, at length. It's just it's tough to remember because it hasn't been a thing for a long time. But like this right. is a lot of words on a card to just say protection from. You know, right. I if also like all had, to, had to shove like to like you know this thing can't block right. <laughs> it's real important. It's real important that it can't block. So make and sure we shove that on there. Yeah, and it's legendary, um, legendary artifact creature Phyrexian might. It literally one thing I will say: this set has made me absolutely ecstatic about my one piece design because people have been like looking at my one piece cards. They're like. Legendary creature, human pirate warrior. Isn't that a little much? And now I was seeing like legendary creature, Phyrexian goblin artificer. And I was like, no, honestly, <laughs> right. I, I didn't do enough. You know, right, right, right. I, there was right. still room in that text box. I, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, let's see here. We are talking about Norn's Wellspring. We skipped Blade of Shared Souls last week. Uh, two in a blue uh, with four Mirin, which Mirin, which is the when there's the battlefield, you make a 2-2 red rebel token that this attaches to. Whenever Blade of Shared Souls becomes attached to a creature for as long as Blade of Shared Souls remains attached to it, you may have that creature become a copy of another target creature you control. 
It's wild because it targets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is different. Glass Pool Mimic will just come into play as a copy, right? Like, if you go to equip Blade of Shared Souls, they can kill the target that you're wanting to copy, right? And you get nothing. And then you just have a sword that literally has no abilities and foam poke yeah, pool. I mean, they can also just kill your tutu, but I hear you. Right. But I, I'm just saying there's like a weird interaction point. Um, and I guess you don't get birdie in between when it enters the battlefield to create. So it's got a trigger, but as soon as the tutu is there, this is already attached to it. And then right. it's got a trigger for the attach. So, yeah. All right, Ricky. Okay, this is, yeah, it's got a trigger for the attach. There you go. Are you ready? Yeah, here's your soapbox. Kemvaka Enduring. White colorless. Uh-huh. Whenever Kemvaka Enduring or another cat enters the battlefield uh-huh. uh, under your control, attach up to one target equipment you control to that creature. The equipped creatures you control get plus plus one. Five mana, vomit out another cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh, yeah. In Pioneer, uh-huh. we have a Colossus Hammer, or whatever it's called. Stupid big hammer. Plus yeah. ten, plus ten, equips for too much, right? For one mana. Uh, we can now play Colossus Hammer, immediately play Kemba, and we get to strap in for a 13-13. yeah. On top of that, Open the Armory is a card in Pioneer that's two mana that lets us search our library for any equipment put in our hand. So we can go find the hammer. On top of that, we also have Sigarda's Aid in this format. So we can just play Sigarda's Aid and the hammer. On top of that, we have Resolute Strike, which is a combat trick from uh, Zendikar Rising, which is one mana plus two plus two. If the target is a warrior, you may... Attach an equipment you control to it. Also, How many in cat set, are there? Hold on. Also in this set, right? We don't. It yeah. doesn't matter that it's a cat, right? Um, we have a, an uncommon called uh, Cacophony Scamp. There's a lot of scamps in this set. That's a different. That's a different tangent. Uh, Cacophony Scamp is one red for a Phyrexian Goblin Warrior, right? Oh yeah, this guy. Whenever it deals damage to a player, you may sacrifice it if you do proliferate. When it dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. So we could turn one, play Scamp, turn two, uh, play the Hammer, swing, Resolute Strike, uh, make this guy a 13-13, he deals damage, we sacrifice him to proliferate, he deals 13 damage more to their face. You guys hear that sound right there? I do. I'm just saying, this is a real deck. I think that there will be a red white hammer time deck there, there already does. has there already has been like it's been kind of in the background right but there has been people have messed with like the warrior hammer time deck before um, but like, like warrior that, that gives double strike and stuff like that i think that cacophony scamp and kembaka are really going to make this deck a little more good and also the sword will get to the sword eventually but like having another good equipment to be able sure. to like get in the mix here mm-hmm uh, I think that sword is insane. And uh-huh. so I think that, like, there is a reality where we have, like, a real Hammer Time deck. Uh, that is the sound of me letting you have your fun. Yeah? And, no, you and... can you can definitely dump on this all you want. And no, I, I don't want to. I just would like to set a precedent that if somebody presents a fun idea to them, we can just be But cool you want to win on, like, turn 28. <laughs> I'm trying to. You're trying, to you're trying to tell me that we're built different, Ricky. Is that what you're trying to tell I'm me? I'm trying to say. 
I'm trying to say is I make this look good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I gotta bring up. I gotta bring up Thrun. Yeah. Oh, okay. Way on break last silence week. on Thrun. Yeah. All right. I'm breaking the silence. All right. There's been a silence. I'm breaking it. All right. Mm-hmm. Um. Thronebreaker Silence, uh, in case you didn't listen last week, Tricolous Double Green, 5-5, five, five, Legendary Creature Troll Shaman. It cannot be countered. It has Trample. It cannot be the target of non-green spells your opponents control or abilities from non-green sources your opponents control. And as long as it's your turn, Thron has Indestructible. That should say not your turn, to be honest with you. But it says your turn, which is significantly worse. That being said, this is still a five mana trampler that cannot be targeted and the only players really playing um wraths are control players right this does not get a crow and ward okay because that's an ability of a non-green source so we can't get a crow and ward we can't get stolen we can't get anything like that i do think that this is a sideboard playable card this is a very very strong creature it's a five mana five five with trample it dodges all spot removal pretty much all spot removal the only thing you could say about it is um, Assassin's Trophy, I think, right? Nobody plays that card. But yes. Yeah, it, was, it, it does get Assassin's Trophy, which is kind of weird. Um, and then, I don't know, whatever effect. Oh, my my, my thing fell down behind me there. Um, but I think this card's playable. Yeah, I think this card's playable. I think this card's pretty good, yeah. Um, what do you think about Unctus Grand Metadect? Uh, in English, please? Yeah. Uh, one blue blue for a 2-4 legendary artifact creature Phyrexian Vidalkin. Uh, other blue creatures you control have whenever this creature becomes tapped, draw a card then discard a card. Uh, other artifact creatures you control get plus one, plus one. And for blue Phyrexian until end of turn, target creature you control becomes a blue artifact in addition to its other colors and types. Activate only as a sorcery. Uh, We couldn't shove wizard on that type line? <laughs> this card is uh weird it's not grand architect that's for sure yeah it's that's because it's the grand metatect there's a there's a really interesting mono red artifacts deck running around in modern right now that i think is actually pretty cool and i think has a pioneer port uh-huh. to be honest with you that you could play if you wanted to are they blue no they have nothing to do with this, oh, card. About yeah, this card it doesn't work with Unctus then is no, that if you red. play this card uh-huh. And then your opponent takes your turn with an Emrakul. They can <laughs> kill you with your own Unctus. Yeah. And that's pretty funny. That's exciting, right? Yeah. Also, I'm a little bummed. I think the whole set's spoiled, right? Essentially, yes. I'm a little bummed that if we were okay with bringing back Phyrexian mana and abilities, that we didn't bring back Spellskite. Oh, yeah. All right. I- I would love to see Spellskite back into a a format that it can matter in again. Uh I mean, Uh, ores would just be like tier infinity, right? Does Spellskite break Venerated Rot Priest? Sort of a spell? I don't think so. It's a creature you can target. It's a spell, right? So So if I play Spellskite, right? Okay. And have Rot Priest, right? Uh Uh-huh. If I then play a spell... Targeting my Rot Priest, okay. I will trigger it for making it the target, right? Yeah. And then I could activate uh, I could activate Spellskite and okay. make Spellskite the target, right? Okay. Which would then 
give our opponent another poison, right? I believe so. One second. The question is, could I then pay 18 life to do this nine times and give my opponent all 10 poison counters? Uh, let's see here. You have to have two copies of Spellskite. I'd have to have two to, to bounce it around, but I would yeah. be able to make one spell do two poison, right? Yes. Yeah. And then my opponent's kill spell at the Rot Priest would then get retargeted to the Spellskite, and uh-huh. then once again, okay. Yeah. Okay, never, don't bring Spellskite. This card's broken enough. <laughs> All right, well, we had a request to talk about Vrain executioner thane for oh. one of the black you get a 2-2 legendary creature phyrexian vampire whatever one more creatures you control dies each opponent loses two life and you gain two life this ability only triggers once each turn so rakdosak right the question is um boy it just sure is a bear I mean, yeah it sure is a bear right like it speeds <laughs> up it sure it makes your first cat drain for three which, like, isn't insignificant in Sweet Super Clock a lot, but, like, what are you cutting for this? The deck is so tight as it is right now that, like, maybe you board it in for, like, aggressive matchups, but even then, like, you're not worried about those matchups. This doesn't do anything if you're under any form of yard hate. Yeah. Like, if you have Rest in Peace in play, like, this doesn't do anything anymore. Rest it's in Peace, Leyline of the Void. It seems powerful. But, like, I kind of also am just sort of like, well, eh. It kind yeah. of, maybe it might make some cut. Like, some lists will play it, and they'll be, like, heroes for doing it, right? Yeah. And it's, like, insane against Mono White, right? Yeah. But, like, I don't see it in other decks, you know? Yeah, like, again, maybe this is, like, a board card for the aggressive matchups. But I feel like you're already doing a lot against those. Um, but it helps, I guess, if you're playing a match where you, like, want to board out some like a thoughtsies or something like that so it's it's once again it's it's, it's it feels a lot like um whether like completed or braids where you look at it and you're like oh this has got to go into sack right and it just kind of just isn't actually that great in the deck yeah i am um, I, I have just one more spoiler that i really want to hit and then do we want to finish up with the discord requests or yeah sure um, the card that I want to talk about, since we uh, we talked about it so much earlier, is uh, what's being spoiled is reawakening, reawakening tank. I think it might be like the tank of awakening, or the tank of reanimating, something like that. But it's <laughs> a it's it's costs a black for an artifact, and it says whenever an artifact or a creature you control dies, put an oil counter on we reawakening tank. Right, card name X. Uh-huh. So artifact or creature, we're talking treasures. We're talking blood. We're talking creature tokens. Does not say non-token as this translation states. Okay, there's no mention of non-token in the, in the current translation. So any artifact, any creature, put an oil counter on it. Pay three and tap it. Doesn't say you have to sacrifice it. Just pay three and tap it. Two colorless, one black. Remove four oil counters from Roy Awakening Tank. Return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate only as a sorcery. It's a random. I'm in love. I know you're in love. I'm I'm leaving the podcast. Reawakening Take and I are eloping to Mexico. Um, I'll invite you guys to the wedding, and and we're done. I can't even That's find it. this card. Where do you see this card? It's, it's on. Uh, the, it's in the leaks. Okay. 
Somebody mm-hmm. spoiled it today on on the tweeters. Yeah. In por- in Portuguese. It doesn't sack itself, which is your favorite it does part. Does not sack okay. itself. Yeah. You can keep doing this. So it is a one mana artifact, so there are a million ways to kill it. Um as far as you know if you're able to kill a non a non creature permanent or a permanent or something like that. So Sorcery's you know hey. Right. But wow. I mean, we're sacking treasures, we're sacking bloods, whatever we might be doing, several of those. And the thing is, as somebody put it on Twitter, the blood interaction's insane because we're drawing and discard cards anyway. Right? Like we want to draw and discard a reanimation target, and that gets us a counter on this. So this card cannot activate to reanimate though if there's a Karn in play. That is true. That is true. Hey, we're playing black, so I, I feel like we've got enough uh, spells to remove a Karn. When are we just going to get like one mana? To like, this is what you're really looking for? Huh? Oh, that's what you want to. No, I was, look, I, was looking for, I was. I was looking for another card that I, I do know we want. I want to talk about. Okay, gotcha. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I, I believe that you will try this and you will find out how it works for us. <laughs> That's true. You guys won't need to be testing it. I will do all the testing of this card for us. Yeah, I will find the shelf. I can think of other artifacts that I want to play uh, that also have activated abilities. And I, I wish I could play them together. I'm excited for one other uncommon that I want to bring up. Let's do it. Uh, Salva de los Ribidals. That was on our that was on our Discord list. So good, yeah. Okay, Rebel Salvo, yeah. Rebel Salvo, uh, it has funny flavor text once it's translated. Uh, but this is a three mana instant, red and two colorless. Has affinity for equipment, uh, which could be relevant and maybe it won't be. But this deals five damage to a creature or planeswalker, and that permanent loses indestructible this turn. Um, this is good. Yeah, uh, this is hope that there might be a red deck that can exist again in a post shieldred world. Well, Maybe hope or, hope or cope, hope or cope for sure. And also, this means that we can actually answer uh, these stupid mythics that become indestructible. Yes, um, you can actually use this to kill that white card that's going to dominate formats. That not not Elishnorn. That card's not good. Uh, but the 4-4-4-4 that makes you double creature tokens... Sorry, just makes double tokens. Yeah. That card will die to this spell and cannot gain indestructible. This is what we need. It does not kill the green one. Very funny. Uh, cool joke, Wizards of the Coast. Will not ever kill the green one. I'm not ever worried about seeing the green one. Sure. <laughs> and the flavor text is like, ha, take that Urbrask. Which uh, is just more confusion to like, I thought he was on our team? Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know what the story is. Alright. Uh, so there is one card I want for Ricky to talk about, but then we'll talk about the last few cards uh, that were requested for the Discord. Start with Preface to Foresis. Preface to Foresis. Is this the cantrip? This is the one in a blue for an instant. Each opponent gains a poison counter and then draw a card. So, Ricky, you spent a lot of time last week talking about Toxic Storm or Poison Storm. Poison Storm. Here's what we needed. This is what we needed. There's another card also spoiled today, which is Green Instant. It's 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 a great culmination of the Crew 3 mythos, right? Uh-huh. Because it's a green and colorless uncommon instant, right? Okay. 
It does Chris's most unfavorite thing in all of Magic. Ask for taking Matthews. One-sided fight. This is uh, Chris's most least favorite thing that's ever existed in Magic the Gathering. Fighting words. And then on top of that, it also just randomly is just like, oh, and here, have a poison. <laughs> it's it's also, a two-mana, one-sided fight that gives your opponent a poison. Win, lose, or draw on the fight. Yeah. And then this is a two-mana, draw a card, give your opponent a poison counter. I think it could happen. I think there could just be a deck where you're just going to poison out your opponent through just proliferate triggers. Um, so I, I I don't think it's uh, unreasonable to see a deck that's just going to um, not even have to play toxic creatures, maybe play venerated priest, but like never needs to connect with a toxic creature and still is going to poison you out of the game. I'll be the toxic how, creature. How okay. many Tyvar's resistance do we get to play in our rot priest deck? You can play Tyvar's Resistance. You can also play Tamio's Safekeeping. You can also play Loran's Escape. Uh, turns out, uh, Wizards of the Coast, which is another funny thing about the the Salvo, right? I was like laughing at it because it was like, oh, and it, and it stops being indestructible. But all the tricks that give indestructible also give hexproof now. So it's like, <laughs> good luck, right? Like, yeah. it's like, ha, this will stop your indestructible trick. And it's like, yeah, but this indestructible trick also gives hex proof so all right uh, well uh all right let's go through the couple of the last discord requests uh we have a request for uh i just saw it uh exuberant fusling single red for a zero one frexian goblin warrior with trample uh exuberant fusling gets one plus one plus oh for each oil counter on it and Exuberant Fusing enters the battlefield, and whenever another creature or artifact you troll is put into a graveyard for the battlefield, put an oil counter on Exuberant Fusing. I like yeah. this guy. Guy gets big. This yeah. this gives credence to the other the black artifact not caring about tokens because right. same thing here, right? Like we we start cracking blood, we start cracking treasures, we start doing we start just doing our our red black sack thing, and this creature gets bigger, right? Yep. Um, the tokens hit the graveyard, technically. Yes, they so do. That, you know? So if they touch and then vanish, uh, I mean, this card could get really big really fast. So I, I see the potential excitement for it. You know, and it, it comes into play as a 1-0, because when it comes into the battlefield or another creature artifact hits the yard, uh, then it gets the gets the oil counter. And then you can proliferate the oil counters anyway, right? So it's not just a, a static for cards that have hit. You could also proliferate it theoretically. So, and again, you know, I love to do a lot of... Uh, sacrificing in my day so i could get it gets, it gets plus two plus oh for each cat loop yeah that's hot yeah. and it has trample so it's just gonna like thunk through um so i mean like it's it's an aggressive alternative it's like it's kind of an aggressive alternative to unlucky witness i guess in the sense of like unlucky witness you can just kind of sack later on to kind of keep digging through your deck with this guy um you can kind of just get the beatdowns with later on in the game yeah I'm, like said, I'm not super excited about X ones in a lot of matchups, but I mean this card will keal, you know. Yeah, this yeah, card yeah. will keal. So uh, you, yeah, it will mm-hmm. pass the keel test. Keep everyone else alive. I think, like I said, for each loop, I mean this card's quickly becoming a seven or eight one. And if you're playing against like white or something like that, you know they can they can they can balance it right. They can apparition it. There's things they can do. But if you're playing against a removal light deck, which a lot of the format is, right? Um, you know, stomped or whatever, but 
but hey, I could see it getting there. The thing is, there's a lot of matchups where this isn't good. Like, you don't want to pump it a bunch, like, not attacking him with it because you're scared of dying and then have it get a Crowan Ward, right? That would be no bueno. But, um, you know, there's some matchups where this could be really good. All right, we uh two cards left. Uh, one is Anoint with Affliction, one in a black for instant exile target creature if it has mana value three or less. Corrupted exile that creature instead if its controller has three or more poison counters. Um, I mean, we've seen this effect a bunch. I mean, you already have it on cards that can kill a planeswalker instead. I guess exiling is a little better, but I don't know. We have we have too many two mana removal spells in Pioneer as it is right now. Right. Yeah, I think I think the one that that still kills if they don't have counters on it or removes three counters is one of the ones that, that I want to have C play because that card has the least restrictions, right? Like, um, I don't want to play, you know, can't destroying non-black creatures because of Shieldred. I don't necessarily want to destroy non-artifacts just just in case I'm seeing artifact creatures or boats or whatever else it might be, you know. Right. Um, killing those is, can be pretty important. So, um, I see, I could see the appeal. Uh, but obviously, I think we've got a lot of competition at the two mana removal spot. Yeah. Uh, all right. And last card is Sword of Forge and Frontier. This card's insane. Yeah. I'm going to tell you now. This card is insane. It what does is it do there? three mana. Equips for two. The equipped creature gets plus two plus two and has pro red pro green. Whenever the equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn. You may play an additional land this turn. Yeah. Sword of Escape and Wilds. Yes. Uh, This card, being pro-red and pro-green, is very, very, very relevant. Does not walk you past a Shieldred, but it is uh, still very good. Um, I'm terrified of Shieldred holding this, but that might be overkill. Uh, I think this card, it draws two on combat. You draw mm. two. And you get to play an extra land. It does not have to be a land that you exiled. So, like, I just think this card's insane. Like, it's, like, Sword of Fire and Ice, like, is, like, one of the best swords. And it draws you a card. This card draws you two. Mm-hmm. Sword of Fire and Ice also does do two damage to any target, which is relevant. But, you know, I think this is super, super relevant. How do you feel this one also being uh, soft? Like it's also F O F or like F A F. Oh, piece of famine. Uh, yeah, we could have called it something different, right? I agree. This card is very good. It's just going to be uh, one of those things, though. Of will you have the time to take the turn off to play it, equip it, type of deal? Like, where do you like? Not every deck's playing this is like one or two of right. Like, I feel like it's still. Very specific deck. Boat. What's up? I think it's good in Grohl Boat. Well, of course Grohl Boat plays this. Like, you can shove it on an elf, and now mm-hmm. we're in trouble, you know? Uh, it's hilarious in the mono green mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the stone brain has taken everybody's carns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Show on a king leer. This card is, I think, very good. I think it'll see play. Yeah. And of course it'll probably be worth something because it's a sword. It is definitely a sword. All right, so overall, uh, there are plenty of other cards and rares we need to talk about. Uh, If there are cards that we have not covered from the overall set uh, that we used to want to hear about, let us know in the Discord, and we'll kind of do a wrap-up next week as we get ready for the set to drop in. 
weirdly become playable in RCQs on pre-release weekend. Get your Copland Gorges now. Yeah, super weird, but yep. Uh, Copland yeah. Gorges are like super low too. Yeah, I uh, I picked up my playset. I, I almost I couldn't I couldn't get a playset of foil expeditions here in time, so I just settled for the regular the original printing. I feel I feel so bad because uh, a buddy of mine bought Black Cleave Cliffs uh, at last F and M for like thirteen a piece for a set. No, and they're like six bucks on yeah. card right now pre selling. Uh, all right. Well, not only though, as always, um, we always talk about, so, uh, oh, toast, 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 toast. Would you believe that I was up until 6am this morning working? I believe you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's late at uh, night right now too. So, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so not only do we have the wonderful people over at playing, at playing MTG.com support us, we all support it by wonderful, wonderful supporters at Patreon, patreon.com slash crew three MTG everyone there helps keep our lights on directly and we have three of twos available and uh any tier each of those tiers obviously has their own little rewards to them things like that uh rick and i will be probably gushing about one piece and uploading that here soon uh we'll, we'll get that recorded while ricky's here next weekend or this weekend rather and uh yeah so the swag bags these are gonna be dope swag bags. yeah yeah ricky, ricky picked the swag bags out uh, we'll get those signed and those will be out in the mail this weekend as well so uh, be on the lookout for that so uh besides all those different rewards though every tier of the patreon gets added to our patreon channels where you can ask we ask uh, occasionally for podcast topics things like that but everyone also gets to ask a question in the patreon mailbag uh, and this question it comes from El Capi Seven, who asks, "What's a hip new phrase we should start saying at F and M this year?" Judge takes his backsies. <laughs> oh, at F and M. At F and M. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, hip and new. Geez, sorry. Uh, I was like right on PTQ. Right. I was like, yeah, yeah. Right. Don't say that. Don't say that at F and M. We have standards at F and M. You know. Right. Um, so. Probably, oh, what's a good one? Uh, I mean, you got to say, uh, like, mom, like mom and bro are yeah. like set this year, right? Yeah, mom and bro, yeah. Bro, bro and mom. I think whenever you attack your opponent, you got to say, shoddy, what that thing do, you know? Right, right. I can't wait for Magic Step Bro to come out. Yeah, Magic wow. Step Bro. I, that yeah. already happened, right? Like, right. I mean, you can always say like, uh, "We got to bring some old things back." That's what we we're going to have to cut the segment. <laughs> yeah, this. Uh, uh, what's a kid? Yeah. What are young no, people? Look, what what I want I what I want to bring back right? Sensed how bad that segment was, and he was no, calling no, no, no. me up. He he <laughs> could feel like he just started calling me on the phone. No, 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 no. Here, here's the real choice, right? Look. Deck names suck right now, right? Like, Gruel Boat's kind of fun, right? But every deck is just, like, red, black, mid-range. It's, like, colors, things. Give me, like, old-school legacy deck names, right? Like, I want you to show up to FM and be, oh, like... Brad Nelson set out his MP melee. This is my deck, Purple Smudge. And you're, like, why is it called Purple Smudge? And you're just, like, well, I really love Barney the Dinosaur. And it plays a dinosaur card. That has been misprinted. That's why it's called Purple Smudge. Right. Yeah. 
Like, this is my deck. It's called uh, Lemon Pepper Spicy Wings from Pluckers. And it's called that because I, I spilled some Lemon Pepper Spicy Wings from Pluckers on one of my cards that was in this deck. So, you know, there you I go. had to replace it, though, so I don't have that card anymore. But no, that's, how, that's how I cut to it every single time. It's a little yeah, bit sticky. Yeah, yeah. You guys know why the rock is named, I cut right? to it, yeah. Huh? You guys know why the deck is called Rock, right? Rock is millions. Yeah, it's Deranged Hermit. Everybody is just like... Uh, every, like because Dwayne like, the Rock Johnson invented it clearly, right? Because everybody assumes that like it's like called Rock because it's just like solid removal, solid disruption, and it's like no, no, no. The deck played Deranged Hermit, which made four squirrels, and that was the Rock and his millions, right? Yeah. So a lot of people don't know that actually. Of course, my favorite being Tin Fins, which is uh, an old Legacy Raider deck that played Grizzlebrand and was so named Tin Fins. Because there's an episode of C Lab 2020 called Tin Fins, and in that episode they ate at a restaurant called Grizzlebees. So Grizzlebees sounds like Grizzle Brand. So we're gonna call the deck Tin Fins. Grishol Brand was a great deck name. Yeah. I just, thought uh, it was Harvey Birdman. No, it's a uh, C Lab. Okay. Just make sure you don't get banned for. Just don't, don't get like disqualified at the Pro Tour for calling your deck Bone Thugs. Yeah, full bugs, bugs and thugs. Yeah, it wasn't it like uh, bugs, thugs, and harmony or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the wizard, the reason, the wizard's reason for renaming it was like, oh, it makes fun of thuggy culture. And I was, who is still thinking about thuggy culture? Look, Capcom is here, right? They want yeah, no thuggery. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, and my my dumbest lingo, uh, stupid thing, is poker terminology. Poker okay. terminology is great. Uh, the nuts. Like having the nuts, right? Yeah. Is a poker term where you would uh, bet That's the cool like... People have been talking about that for a long time. What? Yeah. That's like old... That's old magic terminology. It was like, oh, he had the nuts. No, no, no. But like, it comes from poker. It does come from poker. It's yeah. It's been around for a long time because there's a big crossover between poker players and magic players. It's true. But I'm, I'm saying that it's poker lingo and a lot of people don't know what it's from, which oh. is like... You would lock your horse onto the hitching post and you would need a lock nut to do that. And when you would bet those nuts, like you're betting your entire horse. So when you had the best possible hand, that's when you would bet the nuts. Anyways, there's trivia for the day. There, There is trivia. All right. Well, uh, so old. We, we promised that we we're not always smelling toast when we answer these, main, these mailbag questions. But today... But today it's it's been a rough week. Me, I mean it's that it's that kind of episode, you know. Yeah, I did uh, my anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for this week's episode, gentlemen. Where can they find you on the socials? Hey, you can find me every once in a while on Twitter um, at its underscore Christmas. Uh, primarily, just tweet me magic things and pictures of your animals. Uh, I don't want to see anything else. Uh, Ricky, you can find me uh, on Twitter at also Steve. I will be tweeting everything and always uh about being afraid of horror movies about uh going and uh getting wrecked in magic tournaments by judging staff and uh i don't do the food pictures thing so you don't have to worry about that yeah uh and you can find me at oh and also you you stream on occasion too buddy oh yeah uh twitch.tv slash crew 3 mtg and of course you can find me at crew 3 podcast on the twitter's Posting all the various things I've been picking up lately, besides this this wonderful trophy here, uh, such as 
the NECA War Duke, uh, which is oh, yeah. an amazing, amazing figure. Be sure to go look up the pictures of that on my Twitter. Uh, and I'll have to uh, show off the wonderful Christmas gift I got from Chris when I finish uh, stickering that up. Uh, so be sure to look out on Twitter for that. Uh, and of course, you know, hey, we're on the YouTube channel where uh, if Ricky stops dodging me for this Fate or Forge match of the progression series. I don't want no trouble. He's I'm really just upset that I didn't get any more treasure cruises. Yeah, and you never will again. I know. That's really unfortunate. So you're just going to ban it from under me, right? Just out of spite? Oh, yes. I have to. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.